is sports fans only home for the hottest sports show around. These guys are on fire. Welcome back to Sports Fans Only with your host, KJ, and I hope everyone had a beautiful Christmas with family and friends. And of course, everybody's gearing up for 2022. Aren't you glad this putrid year is over? I thought 2020 was going to be a one-on-one type of year. I definitely didn't think we'd be where we're at now with the Marion strand, or shall I say the Americron strand? Americron? I think that's how you say it. But that's neither here nor there. Um, Let's just pray for a better 2022, shall we? I said a 2022. 2022, shall we? Anyway, you guys came here to take your mind off the craziness in the world, and I'm going to do my best to do that. So this is how we're going to do it. For those familiar, pay no mind. But for those who don't know, uh, we do a podcast. We launch it on Anchor.com. And from there, we place it on all the platforms. You can get your podcasts, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and so on and so forth. So just type Type in Sports Fans Only Podcast on any of those platforms and uh, you'll see our logo. Um, you see it right there in the corner. Um, I'm going to start doing this once a week. I'm going to get back to doing it once a week. If you guys remember, for about a year and a half, we did this every single week, twice a week. And we will put out a podcast for about a uh, about an hour. About an hour, hour, 15 minutes. Um, so we're going to start doing that again. Um, we're going to also take each segment and break it down segment by segment and put it up on YouTube. So if you missed the podcast, you can catch me on YouTube during the course of the week and we'll put out each segment um, every other day. So now that we have that out of the way, you guys have any uh, New Year's resolutions coming this year? I'm not too big into uh, yearly resolutions just because I feel like if you're serious about making a change, when that idea pops in your head, you're going to make that change. It doesn't really make sense to me to make a date you're going to change when you don't even know if you're going to be alive. So um, if you have a thought and you want to make a change, my advice, try to do it right then and there. Because if you wait four or five months from the time you like, I'm going to make a change January 1st and it's July. Who knows if you're still still going to be alive? So um yeah, get on those uh, those changes a little bit earlier. But if that's what you want to do, I'm not knocking you. Um, do what you want to do. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, leave a comment in the comment section. Let me know what your New Year's resolution is. And if you're listening on Anchor.com, um, AnchorFM.com, um, you can leave a comment in the comment section. I'm not sure if you can do that on Spotify or Apple Music, but you can definitely do it on those two platforms. So uh, leave a comment and let us know what your New Year's resolution is for 2022. Now, every single New Year's, it always seems like a lot of people end up dying. It always makes the news. A lot of famous celebrities. Now, I know every day throughout the course of the year, a lot of people pass away. It's in the tens of thousands, if I'm not mistaken. But it just seems like New Year's, it's it's highlighted a little more. And of course, uh, like clockwork. We had a bunch of uh, deaths, and I just want to mention those before we uh, get into the rest of the show. Uh, John Madden, I know everybody heard about this. He passed away. Um, That was a few days ago. Um, I'm going to get into a whole segment on him because he deserves a whole segment to highlight his greatness. But yeah, John Madden passed away at the age of, I think it was 88, if I'm not mistaken. Let me just check here. I don't want to. Let's see here. How old was he? Was he 88 years old? Uh, yeah, I think he was 88 years old. No, 83 years old. Sorry about that. So John Madden passed away. Uh, Dan Reeves passed away yesterday. Um, he was 77 years old. He was a former coach of the Atlanta Falcons and the Denver Broncos. He was 77. Um, also, Sam Jones of the legendary Celtics passed away. He won 10 NBA titles with the Boston Celtics with Bill Russell and uh, Bob Cousy and all those boys. He was 88 years old and uh, he passed away. Let's see. What day did he pass away? I think that was yesterday. Yes, he passed away yesterday as well. So uh, Sam Jones passed away. And then I got this heartbreaking news uh, about the Washington Redskins and uh, Montez Sweat. His brother was shot and killed in Virginia um, over the weekend. Actually, he was shot and killed Wednesday. So it just always seems like the Wednesday right before uh, New Year's Eve. So it just always seems around that time of the year, people just start falling off, uh, falling off left and right. So I just want to say a big rest in peace uh, to all the people that we lost in 2021. 
and uh, the first couple of days of 2022. Big rest in peace to my father who died in 2021. Uh, we buried him January 15th. He died the week before. Um, so I want to give a big shout out to my pops and everybody else who lost somebody this past year. Uh, rest in peace. So anyway, uh, now that we got the somber news out of the way, let's get into a little sports. Um, we're going to start with a little NBA action. Looks like uh, the Lakers have decided to trade uh, Rajon Rondo to the Cleveland Cavaliers for Denzel Valentine. I don't know if you guys remember him. He used to play for uh, Michigan State. I actually thought he was going to have a better basketball career than what he did. Um, this is a case of somebody not working on the jump shot. He had all the other tools. He was He's a 6'4 point guard. Uh, I think they moved him to a shooting guard in the NBA. But he had handles. Um, he was, you know, pretty good size. He's 220. Um, just never worked on his jump shot. And kids, if you're listening, if you, if you have dreams and aspirations of making it to the NBA, Make sure your jump shot's good. That should be one of the basic things that you work on when you're in Biddy or JBA or whatever you call it in, in your neck of the woods. Uh, you should be you should have to have a certain shooting percentage to make it to the next division of basketball. Like, come on, it's a jump shot. It's one of the most basic things in basketball. Some of these guys are horrible for, for to make it to the NBA and not be able to shoot. I'm just not too sure how that uh, how that works out. Now, the reason why the Cleveland Cavaliers were willing to trade uh, players like that is because Ricky Rubio uh, tore his ACL in his left knee on Tuesday night, last Tuesday. So, um, Cleveland Cavaliers, man, they're surprising a lot of people. They're 22 and 14. Or is it 20 and 14? They're 20 and 14. I don't think anybody thought they were going to be this high in the standings. Their fifth spot in the Eastern Conference standings as far as the playoff go. And, um, they're just surprising a lot of teams, and they need a point guard that's going to be able to run the show um, with the young talent that they have. And Rondo, I think, is a perfect fit. He wasn't getting any time with the Lakers. Um, Rondo's 35 years old. He was averaging 3.1 points a game, 3.7 assists, and 16 minutes per game for the Lakers this season. So um, if you remember two years ago, he helped the Lakers win a, a championship, and he was a huge part of that. But since they brought Russell Westbrook in, he's pretty much eaten up all his minutes. Um, and on top of that, him and... Russell Westbrook, Westbrook can't shoot, so you can't have them on the floor at the same time. So uh, the Lakers are getting Denzel Valentin, but they're going to waive him to uh, open up roster space. So I think the, the Lakers are gearing up to get another player. Let's see, the NBA trade deadline is February 10th. So they have about six weeks left to make a decision on who they're going to try and get right before the All-Star break. So, um yeah, I think the Lakers are in hunt mode right now. Uh, they, they desperately need some players. Now, putting LeBron at the center for this point in time, I think, is working out, playing small ball. Have him at center. Um, when you play against a team with big men, that's when you bring uh, Dwight Howard in and DeAndre Jordan. I don't know what happened with DeAndre Jordan. He went from being one of the best elite defenders in the game to now he doesn't even barely get in the game. I don't know if the game has just passed him up. There's no room for big men like him. But, um, yeah, the Lakers need some help, uh, serious, serious help. Uh, let's see what else. Did you guys see what uh, DeMar DeRozan's doing? Two nights in a row he hit game-winning shots, one against uh, Indiana. And then last night uh, he sank a game-winner. Um, it was a three-point shot against the Wizards. And rumors are uh, Kuzma came out and said that uh, – before he hit that shot, he told him, or after he hit the shot, he told Kuzma to hold his beer and just walked off. That's some gangster stuff right there. But yeah, um, I don't understand. Popovich had DeRozan for about four seasons, and DeRozan looked like a shell of himself. Now, I don't know if he was still reeling from that trade from Toronto, and his head just wasn't right, but it seems like he went to Chicago and he's tearing it up right now. He's averaging 25, 26 points a game. And Zach Levine's averaging about 26 points per game. And uh, Lonzo Ball's holding it down at, uh, at the point guard position. He's averaging about 14 points a game. So they have a really, really, really good team. Um, I'd be scared of them if I was any team in the East right now. In fact, that's my dark horse right there, the Chicago Bulls. Um, I don't think that's a big statement, seeing that they've been steamrolling most teams uh, for the course of the season, but uh, the Bulls are somebody to look out for. Very scary team, and um, I think I'm going to start rooting for them. Seeing that the San Antonio Spurs are garbage, that's my team. They're hot garbage. I, I can't even watch them. I don't even know most of the players on that team, so they're still my team, but the Bulls, I'm going to start 
looking at the Bulls as my second, my uh, one B team to root for since I don't have nothing to root for with the Spurs. I don't know. I'm, I hate to say this. I think Popovich needs to retire. I don't. I don't, I don't think he has it in him anymore. He had LaMarcus Aldridge. He had Kawhi Leonard. And he just had DeMar DeRozan. And all three of them wanted to get out of there as fast as they possibly could for whatever reason. So if I was a GM or if I was the owner of the Spurs, that would concern me a little bit. Um, And like I said, uh, DeRozan, he's averaging 26.8 points a game, 5.1 rebounds, and 4.6 assists per game. He's having a great season, man. He might possibly be in contention for um, MVP. I would put him in my top three MVPs right now um, just for what he's done, all the game-winning shots. He's been clutch in the fourth quarter. He's been Mr. Fourth Quarter, Mr. Clutch uh, this season. All right, moving along. Let's see, Los Angeles Lakers, since we were just talking about them. LeBron James, man, has he turned back time or what? He scored a season-high 43 points in just 29 minutes in the Lakers' 139-106 win over the Portland Trail Blazers, dominating the action from the very, very start. Uh, he scored the first five points in the first 40 seconds, 46 seconds, and he just kept pouring it on from there. Um, he shot 16 for 26 from the floor, five, five of 10 from three-point range. He added 14 rebounds, four assists, two steals, two blocks. He became the oldest player since Michael Jordan in 2003 to put up 40 points, 10 rebounds, and uh, five assists. Forces, I'm sorry. Uh, and he added those two little steals and two blocks in there. Is, is he not the greatest Swiss Army knife player ever? I mean, I hate I, I hate to keep making my case for LeBron James. He doesn't really need a case to be made, but the man just keeps doing it. He's 37. Look at how old. Look what Michael Jordan was doing at the age 37. Look at any other NBA player and what they were doing at 37 on a consistent basis. It, it doesn't even pale in comparison to what LeBron James is doing. It's, it's definitely amazing. And it just sucks that Anthony Davis, I don't know what happened to Anthony Davis. Does anybody know what Anthony Davis is? It's like he's a clone of himself now. A shell of himself. I'm sorry, not a clone. It's like he's not there. It's like he's there, but his mind is somewhere else. It almost doesn't feel like he's interested in being great. He's got his money. I don't know if he's hurt. Well, he's always hurt, so that's no, that's nothing new. So I, I just don't know. They have a great team. It's just the other the other players aren't picking up the slack. I bet you he wish he had uh, Kuzma and all them boys now. They should have just kept this team the way they were. Just kept the team the way they were and add Buddy Hill. That's all they needed to do. I don't know why they changed everything. Um, that's what happens, though, when you're, you're LeBron James and everything rides on championships. It's almost like you can't even enjoy your experience because you're so driven by getting championships. It has to be stressful. It definitely does. Uh, LeBron, he's on a crazy streak right now. Um, Friday was his seventh straight uh, game scoring 30 points or more. His longest such streak since 2013, almost 10 years ago. Uh, his 28 points per game average this season is his best since playing for Cleveland Cavaliers in the 2009-2010 season. Um, James is the oldest player in NBA history with seven straight 30-point games, according to ESPN stats and information research. Um, while LA slipped in standings in December, going just 6-8, and eight, it was an incredible month for uh, LeBron James. He became the oldest player in the league history to average 30 points per game in a month, surpassing Jordan, who was 34 when he put up 30.7 points per game in January 1998. It was the third time in his career that he had 10 30-point games in a calendar month, but the first time he's done it since 2006. So I don't know what LeBron James is doing. He's doing things he hasn't done in six, seven, eight, nine years. So um, whatever he's doing, he should just keep it up. Um, if they If they can just make a move or two, they don't, they don't got to do a lot of craziness. Just get a shooter in there somehow. Get a shooter in there. Trade Deion, Trade Dwight Howard. I mean, do what you got to do. I don't know who wants those players, but trade Avery Bradley. You are, no, you don't want to trade Avery Bradley because he's a good defender. Um, they just got to make it happen. I don't know what they're going to do, but they need to make it happen. Um, James is averaging 36 points on 50, 58% shooting overall and 42% from three-point range over the past seven games. Uh, adding 11 rebounds and 6.1 assists per game while picking up the slack for, of course, Anthony Street Clothes Davis. Uh, he's nursing a sprained MCL in his left knee. Does he have any more joints? 
Does he have any more joints in his legs? I mean, damn it. His knees, his ankles, his feet. Shit. But anyway, um, yeah, so LeBron, he's doing great things. I, I'm, I'm starting to lean towards Frank Vogel needs to go. They should have kept Jason Kidd on that team. He was an assistant, I think, last year or the year before. And they should have got rid of Frank. I mean, how can you get rid of Frank Vogel the year after he won a championship? Um, there was a lot of circumstances to them winning that championship, one being in the bubble, uh, one that Kobe Bryant had passed away. That was a motivation in itself. Um, I don't know if Frank Vogel really played a large part in that. And I think we're starting to see that now. He, If he has the right pieces, he can be a great coach. If he doesn't have the right pieces, the pieces that emphasize defense, your team's in trouble. He doesn't know how to adapt to the situation. And uh, I'm afraid that's what's going on with the Lakers right now. He's one of those coaches. He coaches one way. He's not good at adapting. And I think that's going to cost his job. I really do. Um, so we'll see what goes on from here. Um, we're still pretty early in the season. If they're still sub 500 by the time uh, the All-Star break gets here, um, then we can start talking panicking. But right now, if LeBron James keeps playing like this, if they make one or two moves, they'll be good. If they can just stay around 500 until they get another piece, they just need shooters. They don't need nobody that needs to get acclimated to the team, that needs a lot of chemistry. You just need somebody that's going to shoot out, uh, sit out there and shoot threes like a Mike Miller or a uh, uh, Kyle Korver. I don't know what type of players like that are out there, but that's what he needs. Decent defensive player, great three-point shooter. And uh, let's see if they can get that done. Um, the last thing I wanted to touch before we uh, get into the next segment, um, I saw this article. It was the all-time Lakers starting five versus the all-time Celtics starting five. Who would win the duel of the biggest NBA rivals? So I'm going to give you the two uh, the two lineups, and uh, I want you guys to leave a comment in the comment section and tell me what you think. So starting for the all-time Lakers starting five, we have Magic Johnson at point guard. We have Kobe Bryant at shooting guard. We have LeBron James at small forward. Uh, they put... Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at power forward and Shaq at center. Now, this is just based on the best players in the franchise's history. It has nothing to do with position. So some of these players might be out of position. They might not. Um, all-time Celtics starting five. You have Bob Cousy, John Havlicek, Paul Pierce at small forward, uh, Larry Bird at power forward, and Bill Russell at center. So it's pretty interesting. I was looking into it now, um, starting with Magic and Kuzi, the combination of Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, they made the Showtime Lakers. Um, it's, it was one of the best offenses ever. Now, if you imagine Magic Johnson on a team with all Hall of Famers, all-time greats, it probably just wouldn't be fair. But uh, just for conversation and just for a debate, um, as for the Celtics, Kuzi played 14 seasons for the Celtics and Royals. Remember, they were the Royals before the Celtics. Uh, his career averages are 18 points per game, 5.2 rebounds, 7.5 assists, and 924 regular season games. He won one MVP award and was selected to play in 13 All-Star games. Now, he was a great player, great shooter. Uh, he would be a great shooter on that team. It's just the height difference is such a disadvantage to Kuzi. Um, Magic's going to do his patented uh, post-up, point guard post-up moves, and it's not going to be too much Kuzi's going to be able to do to stop it. Um, Magic's just too big, too fast, too quick. So uh, I think that one goes to the Lakers, Not think. I know it does. Um, next, you got Kobe Bryant versus John Havlicek. Again, the athleticism, the, the strength, the height, the ability to shoot from anywhere. Kobe, you know, He's just got this uh, one hands down. Um, he leads the Lakers all time with 33,000 career points. Uh, Bryant is one of the greatest isolation shooters we've ever seen. Um, just a way better player than Havlicek. Now, Havlicek in his own right, he, uh, he has the most points in Celtics history uh, with over 20,000 career points. Uh, he's one of three players to do that, but he he's the only player to score over 26,000 points. Um, but like I said, Kobe Bryant's just too overwhelming. Um, in this article, they actually compared Havlicek to Dwayne Wade. Now, I'd like to talk to an older, a older uh, person who watched the NBA back then to see if that's a, a fair comparison. I haven't seen anything on any films that would make me say that um, 
Havlicek is anything like Dwayne Wade, but that's what they're saying in this article. They probably know more than I do. So um, anyway, um, moving on, LeBron James versus Paul Pierce. We've seen this battle take place over and over and over again over the course of the last 15 years. Um, although Paul Pierce held his own many games um, against LeBron James, once LeBron James got a team equal to Paul Pierce, there's nothing Paul Pierce can do. I mean, just from a physicality standpoint, LeBron James is taller, he's bigger, he's faster. You know, although Paul Pierce is an all-time great, with this great team, I don't think that Paul Pierce won't be able to keep up with LeBron James. He just wouldn't be able to. LeBron would be running up and down the court like a deer. You know, Paul Pierce is a little chubby, pudgy. You know, and, and, and again, Magic's going to be running the point. He's not going to have the ball, you know what I mean? So LeBron's going to be able to... He's going to be able to be out. So, um, Now, this is the most interesting one. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar versus Larry Bird. Now, of course, Larry Bird can't defend Kareem in the post. But then Kareem can't D Bird on the perimeter. So out of all the matchups, I think this is the matchup that will determine the winner. Larry Bird and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And I'm kind of at a, a crossroads. I don't know. I'm not really sure who would win this battle. I know... Anytime Larry Bird had the ball, he all he got to do is shoot a three-pointer, jump shot, do some moves, get to the hole. Uh, Kareem is way too slow to stay with uh, Larry Bird for a whole game. Um, so I think Larry Bird, just because of the three-point shot, I think he's going to dominate Kareem. Even though Kareem's going to score every time he gets the ball as well. Just because of the three-point shot, I think Larry Bird's going to end up having uh, more points. And Bill Russell and Shaq. I think we all kind of know how this would go. Uh, Shaq is pretty much uh, Wilt Chamberlain. If you go and look at Wilt Chamberlain's stats against Bill Russell, he averaged like 38 points against him. Something crazy. Like thirty between 35 and 38 points, almost 20 rebounds. Now, Bill Russell averaged 20-something points against uh, Wilt Chamberlain and like 18 rebounds. So it's not like he was trash or anything like that. It's just that somebody that big, that powerful – He's not going to be able to deal with him for a whole game. And we're just talking five on five. You know, there's no subs. There's no way he's going to be able to deal with Shaq. He's just too big. Probably outweighs him by 100 pounds. So, um, I think the Lakers easily have this. uh, With the addition of putting LeBron James on there, there's no way the Celtics can win. So, I want to know your thoughts. Leave your comments down there in the comment section. Um, Also, before I head off into the next section uh, segment, make sure you go check out our clothing line. If you haven't seen it yet, it's www.sportsfansonly.store. Go get all your sports apparel. We have a lot of clothes. The whole thing to the, the clothing line is having high-quality clothes that match your sporting apparel. So uh, just go on there, click on You see the pictures on the screen. When you get a chance, uh, go over there, check that out, and uh, get you some dope uh, sporting apparel. So anyway, this is KJ. This is Sports Fans Only, and uh, we'll be right back after this break. This is Sports Fans Only Home. For the hottest sports show around, these guys are on fire. Welcome back to Sports Fans Only. I'm your host, KJ. And for those listening on the podcast, I hope you enjoyed the music break. And for those just joining us on YouTube, welcome back to the show. As promised, two months later, I finally present to you part two of the 20 teammates who most hated each other. Now, I did part one, as I mentioned a couple of months ago, and I promise it was not designed to be this long. But just to review, I'll go over 20 through 11 real fast, and then uh, we'll focus on the top 10. As always, hit that like button and the subscribe button. And if you like the content on the show, don't be afraid to hit that share button and share with other people who love sports talk podcast slash YouTube sports videos. Anyway, let's get into this uh, list, shall we? Number 20, we had Johnny Evers and Joe Tinker. Those were baseball players for the Chicago Cubs. That was number 20. Number 19, we had Billy Martin and Ed Winston of the New York Yankees. Uh, number 18, we had Scottie Pippen and Charles Barkley of the Houston Rockets. Number 17, we had Maxi Lopez and Mauro Accardi. Uh, that was of the... I think that's the Premier League, if I'm not mistaken. Um, number 16, we had Wiley Zerbiak and Kevin Garnett of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Number 15, we had Stephen Davis and Michael Westbrook of the uh, Washington 
formerly the Washington Redskins, now the Washington football team. Uh, number 14, we had Marcus Williams and Bill Romanowski when they were on the Denver Broncos. Uh, number 13, we had Kwame Brown and Michael Jordan. We all know about that uh, situation. Uh, number 12, we had Gareth Bell and Christian Ronaldo. And number 11, we had Ray Allen and Rajon Rondo. So moving into the top 10, we had Kerry Williams and Riley Cooper. I know a lot of you guys remember this. Uh, this rivalry was mostly about a comment that uh, uh, Riley Cooper made in 2013. Apparently, uh, he dropped a racial slur when he was being recorded. And, uh, you know, naturally, not everybody is going to be uh, okay with that. So I think Williams, he he heard about it just like we all did. And when it came to practice time, uh it came to physical blows, basically, during a practice session, which was uh, broken up by Michael Vick. That was uh, right after Michael Vick was getting through all his situation. So he's the one who actually uh, broke it up. So nobody really knows whether or not those two patched things up or not. But um, anyway, moving along, we are going to go to number nine, Bryce Harper and Jonathan Papelbon. Now, this was all over ESPN. This was a good one. I love it. And I used to hate uh, Bryce Harper because he used to kill the New York Mets all the time. So when this happened, it brought me a lot of joy. Um, we don't know if the overall relationship with the, between these two was that bad, but uh, they did get into this fight during a um, game against the Philadelphia Phillies. Apparently, Harper, he just wasn't putting enough effort into the game. And Papelbon, he's one of those old school dudes. He was displeased. And I'm pretty sure there was a lot of things behind the scenes. He was a, what, what, what would you call him? A prima donna, a diva. That's kind of what Bryce Harper was. He had the, the golden hair. He used to do the little flip of his hair, you know, uh, during the game and stuff like that. So he kind of he came off as a diva. So uh, anyway, uh, Papelbaum pretty much choked him, choked him out. As you see on your screen, he choked him out pretty good. And I was sitting there rooting for him. There's a couple of fights that happened on this list when I was just... I was rooting for the dude that was doing the ass whooping. So um, I definitely enjoyed this confrontation. Um, but yeah, this is one of the few on this list that actually came to blows. There's about four of them. So anyway, uh, moving on, this one actually came to blows as well. This is uh, Golden Tate and Percy Harvin. I don't know if you guys remember, they both were on the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Now, we don't know how close these two football players were at any point. But what we do know is that uh, Percy Harvin body slam. Uh, Golden Tate slammed him so hard. This was right before the Super Bowl. Uh, slammed him so hard that uh, it was feared that Tate's neck was broken. Now, I don't know what that was all about. There was never anything that came out after that about what happened. Um, all we know is, is that um, Percy Harvin body slammed Golden Tate to the point where people thought his neck was broken. So, uh, yeah, that's that one. So that was number eight. So moving along on to number seven. And I know this story well because I'm a San Antonio Spurs fan. Uh, this is Brent Berry and Tony Parker. Now, if you guys don't know, uh, they were teammates for a few years when uh, during the San Antonio Spurs uh, golden years when they were winning championships. And uh, this is another teammate rivalry that was a direct result of someone cheating on their partner with the partner of another teammate. I don't know why basketball players do this. It seems like it happens more in basketball. Maybe it just gets publicized more. But, um, yeah, a lot of players sleeping with other players' teammates. Remember the whole thing with LeBron where his teammate was sleeping with his mom? It's kind of strange. Isn't it? Anyway, um, the long and short of it is that Tony Parker uh, cheated on his wife with Brent Berry's wife. And, uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. And not, I think right after that, they traded Brent Berry. I don't see how that's his fault, but, you know, they're, they're not going to give up Tony Parker for uh, Brent Berry. But, yeah, that kind of puts uh, Tony Parker in the scuzz bucket uh, category. Wouldn't you agree? Little little scuzz bucket. Anyway, uh, moving along, we are at number six. And uh, let's see here. Oh, we got Jim Jackson and Jason Kidd. Now, these two basketball players, they just didn't like each other. According to Kidd, it was because Jackson was kind of selfish and he was a jerk, basically. Uh, he was more focused on glory for himself than winning the, t uh, winning the game. Um, however, there are rumors that their animosity actually stems from uh, a mishap with Tony Braxton. A little juicy celebrity uh, situation there. Um, let's see here. Those rumors were never confirmed for certain, and both players deny it. But one way or another, Kid refused to be on the same team with Jackson after the tension peaked, sitting out of every game until he was traded to the Phoenix Suns in 1996. 
That's crazy. So I'm guessing both players must have dated uh, Tony Braxton at some time. Isn't Tony Braxton with Birdman right now? Or did they break up? If anybody knows, let me know. Leave a leave a little comment. I thought I think she's with Birdman. Not sure. Huh? I think she broke up with him. Anyway, that was number six. Moving on to number five, we have Gilbert Gilbert Arenas and Javarius. Let me see if I can get his name right. Crit, Crittenton. Javaris Crittenton and Gilbert Arenas. Now I know everybody heard this story. This is the story of two teammates gambling and this is when gambling goes wrong and you're gambling for a certain amount of money, but you don't have it to pay after you lose. And the other guy's just ribbing you. He's getting on you and he's making you mad. Even though you owe, you deserve it. How you going to bet? That's ass betting. That's what we used to call it. That's ass betting. Uh, how you going to bet and don't have the money on you? And then when the dude gets on you, you get mad. So basically, um, I guess tensions got so bad, they both decided to uh, threaten each other with guns. Basically, next time I see you, I'm going to have my gun. And, you know, we could take it from there. So two days later, they both come to practice. And, yeah, you guessed it. They both had their, their pistols on them. And uh, Javarius Crittenton actually pulled his gun out and pointed it at Gilbert Arenas. So needless to say, you've never heard of him ever again in the NBA. Um, I'm pretty sure he was off. Uh, Gilbert Arenas was a star at the time. So he still played after that. But if you remember, his career didn't last too much longer after that either. Um, you can't just go to work and guns out on each other because you were gambling for thousands of dollars you just you know that's just not going to end up too good for you anyway um getting into the top five no that was number five um number four we have Derek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez now this is an interesting one because one of the parties is kind of sensitive now I understand feeling some type of way but um by all accounts even actually them they used to say they were really close friends and stuff like that um but in an interview if I'm not mistaken Alex Rodriguez was asked about Derek Jeter and because people were saying he was the best shortstop now remember Alex Rodriguez played shortstop before he moved over to third base so at the time you know, everybody was saying it was either Alex Rodriguez or Derek Jeter. Now, most people knew that Alex Rodriguez is the more superior physical specimen. He's going to give you more home runs. He's going to give you more RBIs. His average is probably even going to be a little higher, especially at that time. And uh, he's going to give you more stolen bases. But um, for whatever reason, Jeter was the golden boy. And they asked him about that. And he said, you know, it's easy to be great when you have a bunch of other Hall of Famers around you. Try being great when you're on a team like I'm on after, you know, most of their good players were gone by that point. And it was just him and Ken Griffey. I mean, that's not nothing, but it was him, Ken Griffey. You know, that team that was really good was starting to fall apart. So they weren't that good anymore. So, um, yeah, he made that statement and Derek Jeter pretty much stopped talking to him. And uh, there's rumors that when Alex Rodriguez was signed to the Yankees, they had a meeting. And they wanted them to act like they were friends. So, by all accounts, they really weren't friends even when Alex Rodriguez went to the Yankees. But um, they were told to act like they were just to keep the drama out of the clubhouse, I'm guessing. So, um, that's number four. Uh, moving on to number three. Now, this is another one. Remember I was telling you about teammates sleeping with their uh, teammates' wives? Um, this one is John Terry and Wayne Bridge. Um, of the many sport rivalries on this list, this one might be one of the most justified uh, of, you know, one of your teammates wanting to kill you. Um, so basically, these two guys were really, really good friends. They were on the same team, and John Terry decided to sleep with the mother of Wayne Bridges' child. And that's kind of a no-no, you know, when you're bros, you're breaking the bro code. Um, Wayne Bridge was so upset about the ordeal that he chose to skip the World Cup rather than play with Terry after news about the affair got out. Um... Never mind the fact that Terry was married and had kids of his own, making the situation just a little bit more worse. So, um, I don't know why people think that's a good idea. Out of all the women, why would you do that with your your teammate? Nah, it just doesn't make sense. Making all that money, all the options, why, why do it? Um, number two, we have, and this is a great one, uh, Jeff Kent and Barry Bonds. Um, now, these two dudes really did not like each other. They actually hate each other. But they were two, at the time, they were two of the best hitters in baseball. Barry Bonds was the best hitter. And Jeff Kent, he put up a couple of seasons where he had MVP numbers. Um, 
But the two baseball players ended up doing a lot more than just disliking each other um, during the course of this game. Uh, Jeff Kent and Barry Bonds, they ended up shoving each other in the dugout. And uh, Barry Bonds basically grabbed him by the neck and started choking him. And this was live on camera. And if looking at the screen, you see it. Um, yeah, it choked him out. I mean, if their teammates didn't separate, he probably would have. He probably would have blacked out. And and seeing that Jeff Kent came from the Mets, and I was actually watching this game, seeing that he came from the Mets and he left and he started doing so great, I found myself cheering for Barry Bonds to choke him just a little bit more. It's like choke him, choke him. Well, I wanted to choke him. I wanted to choke him. But anyway, it's a great little memory. Um, so number one, and I guess this is debatable. Um. We have Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal. Now they they patched their relationship up at the you know after Shaquille O'Neal retired, but in the midst of that, towards the end of that three peat when they lost to Detroit, they hated each other. I mean they were in the the media talking about each other all the time. And I I don't know if you remember when Kobe Bryant threw Shaq under the bus when uh, Kobe was in the media for that supposed alleged rape that he was uh what's the word I'm looking for. He was let off on that charge. I forget the word I'm looking for. But anyway, um, he said that why is everybody making a big deal about it? Shaq sleeps with women all the time. And I think that right there is what really splintered their relationship. They already didn't like each other. There's a lot of stories about them, you know, about to come to blows and arguing and stuff like that. But when he made that statement to the media, uh, their relationship was over for for years you can even hear Shaq talk about it um they were good when Kobe passed away rest in peace but um at the time they absolutely hate each other so that is my number one and that is my top 20 for most hated teammates of all time if you guys have any uh honorable mentions or if you have some teammates that you think should be in there by all means, leave it in the comments. I will definitely respond. Either me or Sean Mack or somebody from the SFO team will definitely respond to your comments and we'll bring it up um, on the next show. So anyway, all the YouTube viewers, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, everybody listening on the podcast, we're about to take a break and uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. Peace. From the weather team at Sports Fans Only, here's your five-day tri-state forecast. Welcome back to Sports Fans Only. I am your favorite host, slash DJ, slash weatherman, all wrapped up in one. And as always, we got to get you this weather report here at Sports Fans Only to get you prepared for what's coming, especially this week where we're scheduled to get a lot of moisture. FYI, this is a weather report for Fairfield County and the Westchester, uh, New York City area. So if you're somewhere else, just enjoy my sexy voice and uh, we'll get back to the sports in just a minute. So with that being said, let's get into this weather report. Tuesday, January 4th, looks like there'll be clear skies, a high of 33 and a low of 22. Wednesday, looks like we'll get some light rain. That was the rain I was talking about. High of 43 and a low of 32. Thursday, January 6th, looks like we'll also get some light rain, a high of 40 and a low of 32. That's that wet freezing rain. I hate that type of rain. So watch out. It might freeze up a little bit. That's right on the borderline of uh, freezing up. So uh, we'll have rain on those both days. Um, Friday looks like it clears up. January 7th we'll have clear skies, high of 33. The temperature is going to drop again. We'll have a low of 26 degrees. Saturday, January 8th we'll have clear skies again. Low of, uh, I'm sorry, a high of 32 degrees and a low of 24 degrees. Sunday looks like the rain rolls back in. Uh, that's January 9th. We'll have a high of 46 and a low of 32. And Monday, January 10th, looks like rain and snow. But it says a high of 50 and a low of 25. So I don't know where the snow comes in unless it's going to be cold in the morning and the snow comes and it melts right away. That's the only thing I can think of because we have that low of 25. But it definitely says rain and snow, but that could change within the next few days. So uh, anyway, uh, so there you have it. That is your seven day forecast for the Fairfield, Westchester County area. Everybody, please be safe out there driving this week. And as always, this is KJ, your favorite weatherman. Now back to the music. If you listen to the music music version and if not I'll be right back in a few seconds this is sports fans only home for the hottest sports show around these guys are on fire Here we go. 
Welcome back to Sports Fans Only. I'm your host, KJ. Uh, everybody joining us in YouTube world, uh, welcome to the show. Um, everybody listening to the podcast, welcome back to the show. Um, now, as I said before in the previous segment, um, we're now releasing the podcast. That's actually how we started. Originally, uh, we were doing a podcast. So we're back doing the podcast as well as the YouTube stuff. So if you want to check out the podcast, go to Anchor FM. No, anchor.fm. Anchorfm.com? Anchor FM. Anchor.fm. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's been a while since I've been on there. Um, it's also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Anywhere you can find your podcast, just type in spot uh, sports fans only and it'll pop up. You'll see our little uh, logo. So yeah, you could check that out. So anyway, it wouldn't be a sports show if we didn't speak on the Antonio Brown situation going down there in Tampa. Um, so what is this? His fourth team? He's managed to mess things up. He got out of Pittsburgh. From Pittsburgh, he went to the Raiders. We all know what happened with the Raiders. Then he went to the Patriots. Left the Patriots, then went to the Buccaneers. And everybody pretty much thought this was his last stop, right? So he wins the Super Bowl with him last year. Um, this year comes around. The nonsense started earlier with the whole COVID thing, him having a fake ID. Um, and the downward, downward spiral started at that point. Um, now, yesterday, if you were watching the game, if you watch the video, if you just go to YouTube, you can just type it in. It's everywhere. So basically, it looks like somebody's talking to him, and then all of a sudden, he just takes his pads off, takes his shirt off, takes his gloves off, and he starts going towards the locker room. Walks across the field during the middle of the during the middle of the game. Both teams are still on the field. Um, if you look, I put this picture up. You can see the team. You can see Brady looking back at him. A lot of them actually. Uh, Evans, a lot of the linemen, they're looking back at him as he's jumping up in the air, as you can see, and. Um, yeah, man, he just left. They said the police escorted him to the airport, and he took off. So this isn't the first instance of Antonio Brown doing something like this. Now, I want to ask, um, do they have psychologists? or uh, Do they have therapists? Do they have some type of evaluation on these players? Because by all accounts, even coming out of college, there were some questions about, I don't know if it was like, if he had it all, like mentally or he was just getting into things, even in college. So they kind of bypassed that because he's such a great receiver, which happens all the time. Um, but I'm wondering, from team to team, is there a psychologist? Is there some type of protocol to check these dudes' mentality? And I guess it's a two-way question. If they don't, why don't they? I, I can't imagine uh, a corporation in which their their product, which is the players, what they do is bash their heads up against each other, which is going to cause some type of mental health, you would think, in certain players, that you would have some type of evaluation to see if they're fit to even play. So my question is, do they have it? And if they do have it, I can't see how they couldn't have it. If they do have it, how are they passing this particular person, even people like Aaron Hernandez, like how are they seeping through the cracks? Is it just because they're that great? Because I really want to know. There has to be some type of psychological evaluation before you get signed to a team. And if he, if this dude is as messed up as people say he is, how does he keep getting on NFL teams? Is it just one of those scenarios where his talent outweighs the risk of putting him on the team? Because as you see, Tampa won a Super Bowl with him. He was one of the big factors. Well, I think Gronk had two touchdowns. He had one touchdown. Leonard Fournette had the other touchdown. If I'm not mistaken. Um, so he was a big part. I think he had like five catches for like 80 yards, something like that. So he was a big part of this team. And he was going to be a big part of this team going down the stretch because of Mike Evans being hurt. Because of, uh, what's that slot receiver? Um, Good uh, Godwin? Goodwin? Uh, he tore his ACL, so he's out for the season. So A.B. was going to be a big part of that offense. And now he's gone. It's not looking good for Tampa. I mean, I don't, I don't discount them because Evans will come back. You still got Gronkowski. You still got uh, O.J. Howard, who's playing a bigger uh, role now because of all these players being hurt. But they still have a nice little core of players. Uh, Le'Veon Bell's there now. Um, go check out what Le'Veon Bell and Tom Brady had to say about the situation. If you go to uh, Facebook and type in Sports Fans Only, uh, we have a page there, all the update, current uh, sporting events and news and stuff like that. 
are all on that page. If you go over there, you'll see that uh, Tom Brady, he had a little press conference where he was talking about it, pretty much saying we need to have some sympathy for the guy because something's seriously wrong with him. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, he uh, he chimed in. Bruce Arians, the coach, he also said uh, he doesn't regret having him on the team, but he's basically not a buck no more. He wishes him the best, you know. The whole uh, politically correct things to say. Uh, I really want to know what happens. What happened, excuse me. Um, because some people are saying that he was injured and he told the team he was injured and they still wanted him to go in the game and he pretty much refused and they were trying to make him and he was like, you know what, I'm leaving. So that's one story I'm hearing. The other story I'm hearing is that he wanted to go in the game. They benched him. He was only five catches. 85 yards and one touchdown away from getting a million dollars, a million dollar bonus for incentives. So, but the thing I don't understand is he still had a whole nother game to get that. And seeing that all their receivers are banged up, he would have got that the next game. So I don't understand why, I don't understand if that was the reason, even if he did get benched, he was still gonna play the next game. So I don't, he was gonna get five catches. I'm pretty sure Tom Brady was going to make sure he got five catches and 85 yards and a touchdown. So um, it really doesn't make sense. So I'm sure in the the next few days, we're going to get a lot of information on what happened. Um, I'm curious to see what happened. But um, anyway, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Oh, on Instagram, actually Twitter, um, what's this? Gina Lane from ESPN. I'm going to put this up on the screen. Um, The one thing that the one statement that uh, Antonio Brown made was this. And here it is up on the screen. Um, I knew the game was still going. I left because I'm a super gremlin. That was his statement. I knew the game was still going. I left because I'm a super gremlin. That was his statement on why he did what he did. So, you know, the, the dude's dealing with some type of mental illness. For him to make that type of statement, maybe he doesn't realize the seriousness of it. Um... <laughs> Look at this picture. Drew Ro- Is it Drew Rosenhaus? Is that his agent? This is how he's looking after what Antonio Brown just did. Look at that face. You know who he is. He went to bat so many times for this dude, and he let him down numerous amounts of times. So I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely how he's looking right now. So anyway, uh, moving along, let's get into some uh, uh, more NFL news. Um, now, everybody was talking about this kid, Trayvon Diggs was supposed to be, now, Grant, he's got a lot of interceptions, but people were saying he was going to be Defensive Player of the Year uh, halfway through the season. And I was surprised to see this stat that uh, Cowboys cornerback Trayvon Diggs has given up over 1,000 yards into his coverage this season, which is the most out of any cornerback in the NFL. That's crazy. As many interceptions as he has, those receivers are getting a lot of yards on him. Now, is that because he's taking too many risks? He's trying to get too many interceptions? It's all or nothing with him? Because that's not going to... Teams aren't going to uh, allow that. You know, right now they're winning. They have 11 wins right now. So the winning always masks the, uh, you know, the little things that would be blown out of proportion if you were losing. So I'm just wondering how long it's going to be before the Cowboy fans turn on him. Yeah, he makes interceptions, but... A thousand yards that's a lot of yards to give up that means on average you know somebody's getting close to 100 yards every game on him basically and that's you know depending on if he played every single game this year so um he needs to shape that up um let's see here uh michael gallup tore his acl looks like he's out for the rest of the season if, if anything can go wrong with the Cowboys, it does. Doesn't it seem like that? Doesn't it just seem like the foundation has completely eroded from underneath their 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 house of uh, over there at uh, Jerry's Land? The foundation is gone. It's it's now a sinkhole, and the entire team is falling down that sinkhole. People are getting hurt. Uh, Dak, I don't know what's going on with Dak. He just doesn't look like the same quarterback. They no longer throw the ball deep. I don't know what that's all about. It's all these little short passes. They kind of look like the Midwest version of the New England Patriots. Um, I'm not used to seeing them like that. And Ezekiel Elliott, that has to be the worst contract in the entire NFL. Can you think of another contract? They gave this dude close to $100 million. As soon as he got that contract, the very next year, he was just like, eh, 
you know, he was still good, but he was he was more on the eh, he was more on that side of it. And then ever since then, it's been downhill. Less yards, less touchdowns, uh, getting hurt more. This is exactly why, first of all, you don't take a quarterback high in the draft. Not a quarterback, I'm sorry, running back. Um, Look at Saquon Barkley in that situation. And you try not to pay a running back too much money. You'll never see New England pay a running back close to $100 million. That's just stupid. That's dumb because you can get a bunch of, you can get a group of running backs where you're paying them in total $20 million. And now you have three running backs and they can do everything that one running back that you, that you, you know, you value so much. Those three running backs can do what he does and you're paying way less money. And then you could take that money and put it somewhere else. So um, between Ezekiel Elliott's contract, Dak Prescott, and CeeDee Lamb's going to want his money within three years. Before his rookie contract, they're going to try to sign him. And I don't know how they're going to. They're going to be in a kind of a situation like Kansas City. Not as much because they didn't pay Dak as much as uh, Patrick Mahomes. But they're going to be in that same similar situation. You can't have three people taking up quarter of a billion dollars, which is what's going to happen once CeeDee Lamb comes up. Amari Cooper's going to want his money. Um, Parsons, the linebacker, is going to want his money. Uh, a lot of those guys are going to want their money. So we'll see what happens with Dallas. They, 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 they better win within the next year or two. The window is very small in Dallas because that money is going to catch up. You see what happened in Seattle. Just all fell apart once they paid Russell Wilson. And he's another one. He's, he's, he's going to move. He's going to go to a team. I'm thinking he might go to Philly. I'm not sure where he's going to go. But, um, yeah, he's another one. You pay these quarterbacks all this money, you're, you're definitely rolling the dice. But you have to do it. If you don't do it, you need a quarterback to win. So you're in a real sticky situation. All right here, moving along, um, the Tennessee Titans. Looks like Derrick Henry might make it back for the playoffs, which is absolutely incredible. Um, when it first happened, I thought he was definitely gone for the rest of the season. But they say he's progressing well, and they're going to see what happens. And they might try to get him in there the first playoff game. If not the first, definitely the second. So, um, I wonder if he's going to be 100%. Do you think coming off an injury like that, somebody can be 100%? Is 75% of Derrick Henry enough to change a defensive game plan? Like, if you know he's not healthy, but he's 75%. Now, remember, 75% of Derrick Henry is probably better than 100% of maybe half the running backs in the NFL, starting running backs. So, is a 75% Derrick Henry does that scare you if you're an AFC, if you have a, a team in the AFC? I know it scares me as a Patriot fan. Um, so we'll see what happens, but I did not like that news uh, once I saw it. Um, speaking on, well, yeah, Derrick Henry is a great player, but speaking on another great player, and this kid's just a rookie, Jamar Chase. Have you seen what he's been doing? This kid is absolutely beastly um let's see what he put up now burrow's beastly too burrow was 30 for 39 446 passing yards and four touchdowns against a chiefs defense that was playing great remember they were on that winning streak and they were people were saying oh that defense has woken up and Bengals went in there and dropped 30 something on them and those two went off and jamar chase had 11 receptions 266 yards and three touchdowns now, according to, let's see here, where is it? According to Vegas, the odds have now flipped. Um, at one point, Mac Jones was leading in the uh, rookie race. It is now flipped. I think Mac Jones is a plus 160, and Jamar Chase is a minus 200 now. Uh, before this week, Mac Jones was a plus 300, I think it was. And, uh, no, minus 300. And Jamar Chase was like a plus 400. So those numbers have totally flipped. Uh, Jamar Chase is now the lead runner in the rookie of the year. I was hoping that Mac Jones would get it. But, I mean, it really means nothing to me. As long as my team's playing good and my quarterback's playing good. Now, Mac Jones has a chance now. If he goes down there in Miami and just puts up a, a gem of a game, he still has a chance to snatch that back if Jamar Chase doesn't have a great game next game. But I doubt that's going to happen because Jamar Chase has been having great games the entire 
uh, season. Let me just look into his stats real quick. According to CBS Sports, players in NFL history aged 21 or younger with at least 400 receiving yards and five receiving touchdowns in the first five games of a season, there's two players in that category. Can you guess one? I'm pretty sure you can guess one. Well, Jamar Chase is one. Can you guess the other? The other is Randy Moss. So it's not even Jerry Rice or any of the other great receivers. Players in the NFL history aged 21 or younger with at least 400 receiving yards and five receiving touchdowns in the first five games. Those two are the only two in NFL history to do that. And uh, when your name is beside any record book with uh, Randy Moss, you've definitely been doing something right. Uh, let's see here. If he, maintains, if he maintains his current pace, Chase can end his rookie campaign with about 5,500 yards, 17 touchdowns, which actually ties Randy Moss for the all-time record for rookies, and uh, nearly 80 catches so this kid has been absolutely beasting um now to put that in perspective when uh they were in lsu burrow and uh chase they basically had the the same type of numbers let's see here let me show you his numbers in at lsu he had 1780 yards 84 receptions and 20 touchdowns now isn't that crazy that he's basically going to replicate those numbers in his first season in the NFL. Those were the numbers he put up with uh, Joe Burrow in 2019. He's putting up the same numbers. Those are like Madden numbers. Um, it's just crazy. Um, and actually, that's a pretty good segue to get into uh, John Madden. I want to share this quick little story, then I'm going to get out of here. Um, now, there was a story about John Madden. Now, as you all know, he passed away uh, the, the day after Christmas, I think it was. Yeah, the day after Christmas. And um, now, on Christmas Day... Him and his family all got together. They all gathered around like they always do every year. Actually, they said this was the first year all his kids were able to make it to Christmas. And it's been a while since they were all there. So they were all there and they decided to watch a uh, documentary on John Madden, on their father. And he had his grandkids there and there. So everybody, his wife, everybody was there. So they were sitting down watching it and it was just his life story about, you know, how he was a... Uh, linebacker. I forget for which team he played for, but he didn't really make it in the NFL like he thought he would. Then he became a legendary coach, and then he became the legendary broadcaster. And then he came out with the John Madden game. And, you know, it went through the whole line of who John Madden was and why he was so great. And the article was saying how after it was done, how his kids, you know, there was tears in people's eyes and everybody, he just went around the room and everybody was saying that he loved it. And he was just saying how this was the best Christmas he ever had. And then the very next day he passes away. It just seems like a perfect moment to share that with your family, get all their input, reflect on Christmas. And then the next day he passes away. So I know it's hard on his family and, and you know, things of that nature, but when they look back on it years down, it's just a perfect way to say goodbye. You had your whole family there, and that wasn't happening up until that point. For whatever reason, you know, life gets busy. People move in different states and all that stuff like that. So um, I thought that was a cool story. And um, I also wanted to bring up Madden because I know everybody has a a memory or a, or a story about the actual video game um, John Madden. I know John Madden from the video game. It wasn't until... I saw the video game. I mean, I've seen him on TV broadcast and stuff like that, but I didn't really know who John Madden was until the video came out. And I think my first time playing was 1990. I think it was just called John Madden. And then after that, it went to Madden 92, 93, 94, so on and so forth, all the way up until Madden 22. I actually just got it. My wife got it for me for Christmas. I got it out there. I was just playing it the other day. So um, I know everybody's got a, a Madden story. <clears throat> what was your favorite Madden? A lot of people say uh, different ones. I know a lot of people say it fell off because there's no competition. But um, leave it in the comments. What was your favorite Madden? If you have a favorite Madden story. I remember people used to camp out before Madden dropped. That's how popular it was. People would actually camp out uh, the night before to get it. That was before you can get it at the PlayStation store or the Xbox store. And there was no digital downloads. You had to actually go there and they would run out. So in order to get your copy, you had to camp out. So that happened for years. I remember for like a decade that was happening. So, um, yeah, like I said, leave a comment down there, uh, your favorite Madden story, um, even if it's from the broadcasting booth. I used to love when he did that. What's it? The uh, Turducken? 
I think that's what it was called. The turkey and the duck mixed in one. I think it was. Yeah, turducken. Yeah. So he, he's, he was a great broadcaster. So anyway, just wanted to honor John Madden um, here at Sports Fans Only. So anyway, I hope you guys love the show. Um, we will be back next week. Don't forget the SK debate every Sunday around 12 or 1. We go live and then we post the regular video afterwards. Uh, don't forget to go to www.sportsfansonly.store. We have our sports apparel there. If you want to go check that out, we have an online store. Um, check out uh, C. Anthony. He has a boxing show on uh, our channel. So check that out every few days. They're working on a documentary, something real special, a boxing documentary. I actually can't, wa uh, can't wait to watch it. The last one he did with, uh, I think it was Wilder. He did a documentary on him, which was really good. Him, him and Sean Mack, when they team up to do those boxing documentaries, it's uh, really uh, nice to watch. So anyway, um, I'm KJ. This is Sports Fans Only. You guys take care. I'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.